Hello and welcome to Unqualifying Sessions with me, Amy. So this is episode six and this week I am basically going to be putting two interests of mine together. Now this is not a new idea and there has been a lot of comparison previously within motor racing in general but it is the discussion that Formula One or NASCAR etc is the modern form of chariot racing. Even back in 2019 Red Bull's Christian Horner made a very similar comparison saying that drivers need to be essentially the chariot racers of the modern day. Now as mentioned this episode is combining two interests of mine. Um, Obviously Formula One, duh, Um, but what you might not know is that I am a bit of a history nerd and I actually do have a degree in classical studies so now I will just say that please don't think this makes me a expert in chariot racing. It does not, but I hope I can bring a little bit of knowledge uh, and information to this. Now I have linked some sources down below um, for you to have a look at and a really great article which goes into the comparison of Formula One drivers and chariot racers. But enough rambling let's discuss our topic for today which is our formula one drivers the modern day chariot racers so chariot racing was hugely popular in the ancient world where you would see a typically two-wheeled chariot and um, being drawn by two four or six horse teams these races were prominent features in the Olympic Games and associated with Greek religious festivals. Chariot races were also arguably one of the main features that took place in the public game in, in the Roman world as well. Chariot racing, like F1 today, was an incredibly dangerous sport with collisions being very common. These collisions would end in serious injuries and death was common. Now, the earliest account that we have of a chariot race takes place in Homer's epic poem, The Iliad, in Book 23, during Patroclus' funeral games. We also see, essentially, tactics being used. So, during the funeral games, we have Antilochus deliberately crashing into Menelaus. Um, as a tactic which um, you don't really see too much now but has happened before in Formula One. There was also suggestion that the chariot race was the event that started the Olympic Games. Um, Through the poet Pindar the story goes that King Onimaeus challenged the suitors of his daughter Hippodamia whose name roughly translates to she who masters horses. However, Pelops was victorious and founded the Games, the Olympic Games, in honour of his victory. Now, during this time, um, wealthy people would often have multiple horses um, and chariots enter under their name, essentially as owners. Uh, I believe there is... 
a story of Alcibiades in Athens um, who sent in several chariots under his name and it was very obvious that uh, he can't be racing all of the chariots at once. Um, I believe actually the horses did pretty well um, coming first and the other ones also doing pretty well in in the race too. Um, But this was pretty common. There would be owners who of the elite and wealthy who would hire either professionals or slaves to race the chariots in in these games. Uh, Women could also own these teams. Now there are instances of women actually participating in the sports um, and women spectating. One of the most known female charities was Sinissa, who was a Spartan princess. Now, it is very important to note at this time, Spartan women, particularly high-born Spartan women, were brought up very, very differently um, to other women in the Hellenic world. Um, these high-born Spartan girls were able to participate in sport and other things physical training which was not a particularly common site in the ancient Greek world. Now based on the information that we have from Pausanias and statue bases that were discovered in Olympia we know that she won at least two races, had two victories at the Olympic Games during her time. Now Following on from the archaeological discoveries at Olympia, there has also been evidence to suggest that design of the chariots was super important, just like the F1 cars are today. Um, Tablets have been found at Knossos, which show information regarding the assembly of chariots and equipment such as bridles. Now these tablets that they found are roughly 3,500 years old. Um, This is something that's so important in the ancient world that their chariot was fast as as well as their horses and, and the charioteers but to see that these sort of things are still super important today it's like not a lot has really changed apart from obviously more advanced technology I suppose. Okay so chariot racing in Roman times was absolutely huge. Now legend states that Romulus the founder of Rome oversaw the construction of the first racetrack the Circus Maximus in the 8th century BC. Now the Circus Maximus was or is I should still say you can go and visit the ruins in Rome um, is in a valley in between the Palatine and the Aveltine hills and it is said to be one of the biggest stadiums um, and racetracks of the time. It was absolutely huge. Now chariot racing would endure its prominence throughout the Roman Empire and would still be popular right through into the Byzantine period. Now at the Circus Maximus where these chariot races were held, 
numbers of an estimated 200,000 people would be in attendance, uh, which is a huge number. I mean, it's not actually that far off numbers we've seen at Formula One races, um, which is crazy. Now, during Roman times, the charioteers would come under four main factions, all of which would be distinguished by a certain colour. Again, not that dissimilar to Formula One today. So the four colours were red. Does that ring any bells, anyone? Uh, white, blue and green. Now, every time I see that, I thought, when I thought red, I just thought, wow, look at Ferrari. Wow. Anyway, I digress. Um, each of these factions were managed by different association of contractors. Now, later on, the factions would become more associated with certain political or religious, I suppose, factions too. So they would all of a sudden kind of start to align and were kind of used um, in that way too. Now, each faction could enter up to three chariots into the race and fans would be absolutely committed to their teams. Again, not too dissimilar to today. Um, Not that we have seen this with Formula One, but we we have seen it with other sports. Um, Riots were known to have broken out in relation to the chariot race. Um, One of the most notable was Nika Riot, which lasted approximately four days, which is absolutely crazy. Now, like I mentioned, chat racing was a team sport, so tactics and strategies were very important, very similar like it is today. Um, For example, if you had your teammate in front, but you had like a rival team over behind you or close to you, you would do everything to make sure your teammate in front would secure that victory. I mean, we, we've seen it before. We Similar strategies. I mean, one that springs to mind. I know, I know it's not exactly like this. But look at... I don't want to open old wounds. But Abu Dhabi, where you had Checo just keep Lewis behind him so that Max could close the gap. These strategies and these tactics within the teams are being used. It's just as important as it was back then and it's still super important now. Now, other more dangerous tactics, which we've kind of mentioned before, um, is that, again, you you could crash into other charioteers. Again, we've not really seen it for a particularly long time on purpose, but there are instances where... Drivers have deliberately crashed for their own benefit. Anyway, now, again, like we see today, we saw particularly in in ancient Rome, was that these charioteers could literally reach stratospheric heights of glory and fame, like we have seen today. Now, whilst the charities would never reach the prominence 
of the higher class ranks um, as they were never able to hold public office they did receive an awful lot of fortune and fame now one of the most well-known charioteers was Gaius Apuleius Diocles who began his career in 122 AD. Now Diocles would go on to race for 24 years and competed for all four factions during his time. Diocles won 1,462 of the 4,257 races in which he competed, um, which is a lot. Um, I don't think, well, I say I don't think, I know that uh, nobody in Formula 1 has won 1,462 races, Um, but there also hasn't been, like, enough for most people probably to have won that race. It would take a very long time. But I'm just saying, you have, again, these, like... I I can imagine back in ancient Rome, people having the conversations today, like, who, who was the greatest charioteer? Like, who's the greatest? I think it's uh, Diocles. Well, I think it's... I was going to say Maximus. I think it's Maximus. I think it's... Lewis Hamiltonus. I'm sorry, I, tr- I couldn't think of a particularly good one, but there you go. There was having those conversations then, we're having the conversations now. Now, he did earn big bucks. Now, the amount we I have seen varies depending on the calculations completed to work out. Uh, how much you would have made in today's like money um but he's thought to have earned roughly 35 million um please hold on i'm not very good at saying this word but sister it is 35 million sister says yeah um I, like I said, accounts kind of vary. I've seen anything from millions to billions. So I don't think anyone can confirm how much it is in modern money, but an awful lot. And articles have suggested uh, and have described him as one of the highest paid athletes of all time so that's a little rundown of chariot racing in the ancient world i think it's pretty easy to draw comparisons and conclusions um that formula one or other motorsport is essentially the modern day chariot racing through whether it's popularity whether it's the tactics and strategies, the importance of the actual chariot itself, the money, the athletes, a lot of it, if we took bits and bobs out and 
just changed it ever so slightly or not at all actually would be easy to assume he was talking about formula one or nascar or anything like that and i i find it so fascinating actually when you take these bits and you have a look at it from what we have today that there's actually not that much difference essentially obviously you know we're not being driven around by six horses anymore but if you take a look you've got your factions you've got your teams who would enter up to three if we're looking at the roman example up to three so now they're into two and you would go and you would race for your team and you'd have your fans and they were distinguished by color and you know it's the same essentially you know we see the colors we see the red we see the papaya you know who you're looking at you see the green the silver you can pick up what a car is just by looking at it and being like oh yeah that's Ferrari oh yeah that's McLaren oh yeah the silver arrows Mercedes you know it's so many similarities and like I said the archaeological evidence that shows the breakdown of building the chariots is over 3,500 years old or around that we are still so concerned about how the Formula 1 car is made that it's like the importance of that hasn't changed in 3,500 years like I, I honestly find it so fascinating that we have a look at I suppose Formula 1 as being you know the epitome the pinnacle of motorsport and back in the day that was chariot racing that it's essentially what it was everything if you take a step back and have a look at it it yeah you can consider formula one drivers or formula one as the modern day chariot racing I think we can conclude that um but I just find it really interesting how things don't really change that much similar ideas and thoughts um and what's important sometimes still stays the same I find it really interesting um but yes that was today's topic I think like I said we can conclude that yes Formula One is the modern day chariot racing if you disagree let me know um i think i will maybe do like i said um some more historical um based episodes because i really like history um i might do a bit of a series and do a breakdown of the history of formula one um and try to break it down into decades because there's so much to get through in each one I think it's do one episode alone it would be a bit too much so maybe break it down in from like the 60s right through to now 
um, and maybe talk a little bit about early motorsport um, as well in between races and that sort of thing. I'm also going to be going forward, um, releasing hopefully, ideally every Wednesday, um, so it won't be as random. You'll have an episode on a Wednesday, whether that be a race review or an episode like this. But yeah, I think I will be doing a history of Formula One and break it down into sections. And as well, I might be getting a friend on, um, a little guest, and we can rabbit on a bit about Formula One. Um, as well so you don't have to listen to me just drone on you'll have somebody else but I, I will announce that when the episode comes out but anyway I hope you enjoyed today's episode I hope you're excited for the Australian Grand Prix I am back in the homeland of Danny Rick um, with some changes as well for DRS zones at Albert Park but I'm super excited for this Sunday can't wait. Can't guarantee I'll be up at 6am though. But I, I'll watch it. Um, and I'll have a review out of that on Wednesday. But until next time, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please don't forget to rate and like and give it a share if you enjoyed. And I will see you in the next one. Bye!